Welcome and thank you for tuning into this week's life-changing message from the Equipping Church. We pray you are empowered and encouraged by the Word of God. Come on, lift up a shout of praise. Lift up a shout of praise. He's the miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. It's not done yet. Oh, Jesus. 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 Jesus, 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 hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands for a few more moments. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in the room this morning. He wants to set you free. Addictions are being broken this morning. Addictions are being broken this morning. Addictions are being broken right now. Oh, there's an atmosphere for miracles this morning. I tell you, there's an atmosphere for miracles this morning. Oh. I want you to just begin to check your body. Some of you are getting healed right now. That thing that's been holding you back, you're getting loosed from it right now. Just begin to check your body. Just begin to check your body. He's loosing miracles right now. It's touching you, Owen, right now. It's pouring over you right now. Someone get behind him. There it is. There it is. Hallelujah. He's touching you right now. Just lift your hands. He's touching you right now. Holy Ghost, touch her right now. Set her free today. Set her free today. Every demonic spirit that's kept you bound, every spirit of witchcraft, we break it today in the name of Jesus. You're being set free from witchcraft today. I don't know, I don't really know your story, but there was a time about 10 years ago, a spirit showed up in your bedroom and said, if you'll follow me, I'll make you powerful. But all it's done is it's brought calamity around your life. And today the Lord's setting you free from that. There's some idols that need to be smashed. There's some, there's some witchcraft items that you've got you got to let go of. Today's a day of freedom for you. Today's a day of freedom for you. And God's going to love the hell right out of you. Be set free today. My God, there's an anointing for freedom in this room this morning. My God, there's an anointing for freedom in this room this morning. Generational curses are being broken right now. Things that have been in your family for decades. Today is a day where God breaks the chains. Today's a day He flips the script on the enemy. Sir, come here. I want to pray for you. What's your name? John. John, the Lord's setting you free today. 
Today's a day of freedom for you. He's flipping the script and changing the story. Today a new chapter begins for you. And the thing... Uh, oh, Sheke, there's been a spirit assigned to your life that's kept you just wandering. It's a wandering spirit, but today that's being broken off your life, John. That wandering spirit's leaving you today, and you're going to have a clarity of mind that you've not had in years. Father, right now, just touch him, God. Touch him right now. Set him free in the name of Jesus. I break that wandering spirit off of him today. Set him free, Jesus. Now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How you doing, Owen? Come on, just finish the work, Jesus. Finish the work today. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't know if I've met you before. I, I, feel like I, I feel like I've met you before. But there, there is such an anointing of business on the two of you. That there's this entrepreneurial spirit on the two of you, and, and numbers really make sense to you. Uh, but in this season, the Lord's going to begin to give you a series of dreams about the next steps to take. Because it's not that you've reached a plateau, but you've said to the Lord, there's got to be more. There's, I, I know I have greater capacity, but I haven't been able to access it. And the Lord's going to begin to give you a series of dreams, sir, that are going to begin to give you direction and the steps to take it to the next level. Because actually, there's a mentoring spirit on you. You have the ability to mentor young men and the Lord's going to begin to bring some of those young men around you and you're going to raise up kingdom entrepreneurs hallelujah 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 how you doing sir how you feeling the Lord's touching you right now even some more he's healing your cardiovascular system your heart's being healed right now. There's a, there's a complete healing just coming right through the middle part of your body right now. Oh, hallelujah. Just raise your hands. Here comes the touch of the Holy Ghost right now. There it is. There's the touch of the Holy Ghost right all over you. Right all over you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up a shout, church. Come on. There's something happening this morning. I can feel it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, just pray in the Holy Ghost, the move of God. Oh, two of my favorite people are here this morning. Stand back up. Stand back up. Come on, stand back up, Frankie. Oh, the Lord's breaking the attack off your family today. He's riding the wrong today. He's breaking the attack today. You hear that? He's breaking the attack today. We just come against that spirit of division. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Father, get her right now. Holy Ghost, touch her right now. Touch her right now. Just get them both, God. Just take them into a deep encounter with you, Father. Unprecedented. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, right now. Now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, I can feel the atmosphere of heaven in the room this morning. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Come on, just praise Him for a couple minutes. Just praise Him. Just give Him glory this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This young man over here, right, right here. Can I pray for you? Come here. Come here. I know I've met you, but I can't remember your name. What is it? David. David. Have I prophesied over you before? I have. Wow. Well, thank you, Jesus, because there's a new level of glory coming around your life. Your secret time with the Lord is about to be opened up in such a way you're going to be in the presence of the Lord many times during the week and just begin to weep. I see the Lord beginning to speak to you in the secret place and, and, and there's like a weeping anointing that's going to come over you. It's an intercession specifically for your family that the Lord's going to begin to, to bring some alignment in your family. There's some wayward people uh, th that are close to you and your heart breaks for them. But the Lord's going to anoint you for intercession in this season and you're going to begin to see family come to the Lord. You're going to begin to see household salvation. Now, Father, just do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, just give Him praise for a few more minutes. Give Him praise for a few more moments. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is Lord. You know that? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He's Lord over your life. He's Lord over my life. Doesn't matter who's in the White House. He's the Lord. Doesn't matter who's in Parliament. He's the Lord. Doesn't matter who's King. He's the King. He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. I don't care what the devil thinks he can do. He's defeated. He ain't got no teeth. He's just got a poor little bark. Bible says he's like a roaring lion. Doesn't mean he is a roaring lion. He's like one. He's an imitation. He's a fake. You get that? You want some fake news? Listen to the devil. Because I've got real news. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah. He's the ever-present King. He's the ever-present help in time of need. He's the soon-coming King. He is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So if you've got some spots, you've got some wrinkles, welcome to the dry cleaners. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, Jesus is moving in the room this morning. He's moving. People are saying you can feel it over the live stream. Just get those drunk over the live stream, God. Just touch them this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Get ready, Portia. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Because the Lord's going to begin to make some divine connections on that campus that are going to blow your mind. Because the Lord has not brought you here to put you into obscurity. He's brought you here to make you an influencer. He's brought you across the oceans to make you an influencer on that campus. And you're going to begin to have some kingdom connections that are going to blow your mind. The Lord's giving you a special grace for those who are of the Islam faith. He's going to begin to give you a special grace to see Muslims converted in this season. There's a special grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just praise Him for a couple more moments. Come on. Hallelujah. You need a breakthrough? Praise Him. You need a miracle? Praise Him. Hallelujah. My God, He's in the room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands for a few more moments. Father, we thank You for Your presence and Your power this morning. You're setting people free. You're delivering people this morning. You're bringing people into a close encounter with You. And I thank You, Father, this morning for the hunger in the room. My God, there's hunger in the room this morning. 
And your word declares that the hungry shall be filled. So I thank you right now for the filling of the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Just begin to fill people. Touch them right now. Some of you are just going to begin to feel the touch of God right now. You're going to begin to feel the presence. Some of you for the first time ever are going to begin to feel the presence of the Almighty because He's in the room. He's, he's in the room this morning. Oh, the presence of the Almighty is just sweeping through this room right now. Sweeping through this room right now. Hallelujah. 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 Just get Jalen this morning, God. Just pull him in close this morning, God. Oh, Jalen, he's about to blow your mind. In the days ahead, he's just about to blow your mind. He's going to give you some dreams and some visions. Actually, you, you have such a deep love for the Lord, you just can't stand hypocrites. And that, that, you have a justice mentality. So you'd rather hang out with the real people than the fake people. But God's going to use that in your life to deliver the fake. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't you take a seat this morning? We're going to get into the Word. I, I feel the preach coming on this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've just come out of Encounter Weekend, and I'm telling you that this weekend was an encounter. Uh, so many got free, and if you got free this weekend, will you just wave at me? Come on, look at all those hands that got free this weekend. And uh, our next encounter will be in the spring, so you want to just, as soon as we get those dates out, just reserve that time already. Uh, alrighty, already? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll speak English maybe this morning. I don't know, I can't promise it, hallelujah. But I, I, I just encourage you, when, when those dates come out for Encounter Weekend, get, get ready for it, alright? Set, set apart that time. But the other thing I want to encourage you about, and I'm not taking um, from Pastor Susanna's announcements this morning, but Holy Ghost Camp is coming up uh, New, York, New Year's weekend. And uh, if you have not uh, made a decision about uh, Holy Ghost Camp, uh, just think about Encounter at a whole nother level, all right? Uh, Holy Ghost Camp is a time where we, we set aside the time to spend New Year's uh, pressing into the Lord. And uh, uh, will you bring up that slide, Melanie? Because uh, I want to talk about it just for a few moments as I get ready to go into our message on close encounters this morning. Uh, myself and Pastor Anna will be teaching at, at Holy, Holy Ghost Camp, but our, our dear friends Randy and Joanna Herndon are going to be joining us as well. And uh, they... Joanna is the daughter of uh, the famous healing revivalist Jack Coe uh, from the 40s and 50s, but she's a revivalist herself, carries revival. Randy is an incredible seer. Uh, God shows him things, and they're going to join us for that uh, as a time of impartation. And so we lock away for three days out at Messiah's Ranch uh, out in, in North Bryan, and we just we encounter the Holy Ghost together. And uh, you say, well, it's $150. Listen, you don't need Christmas presents. Just go to Holy Ghost Camp, you know. I mean, you don't need another pair of Nikes. You'd spend more on a pair of Nikes than Holy Ghost Camp. Hallelujah. All right. I, I want to, to jump into the Word this morning. To, uh, last week, I challenged us that we must press into a close encounter with God. I issued a challenge because a simple encounter will not do because there's a huge difference between an encounter and a close encounter. We encounter a lot of things in life. We encounter church. We encounter people. But a close encounter with God is one that marks us and causes us to carry the fragrance of heaven. 
and uh, I dealt with the terms or conditions that must be uh, must happen in order to have a close encounter. We're required to be hungry. How many of you are hungry this morning? I know you're hungry because I can feel the pull in the realm of the Spirit this morning, that, that pull on the anointing. It's not a pull on Jacob. It's a pull on the anointing. It's a pull on the presence of God this morning. That's evident in the room this morning. Our cravings drive our appetite. And so if you don't have an appetite for the thing, things of God, you need to change your cravings. I want you to crave God with every fiber of your being. I, I want God to be the thing that you crave the most. And God wants to be the thing that you crave the most. So much that you will do weird things to get to Him if you have to. Like get up early if you have to. Refuse to go where everyone else goes. You know, sacrifice some things. When, when, you're, when you're craving something, I, I shared this story. I drove an hour to find good Mexican food one time because I was craving good Mexican food. When you're craving something, you'll do whatever you can. You'll sell things to get it. You'll, you'll, you'll sell children. I'm just kidding. You, you've heard people say, I, I'd, give, I'd give my feet and my kids to get to that. I've heard people say that. Listen, I'm people do weird things when they're craving things. I've seen some of you at the buffet line. You don't care who's ahead of you. You'll push ahead of them. I want to make sure I get some of Mama B's coconut cream pie before anyone else does. You'll do weird things. I'm not kidding. I saw in church one time. I'm not kidding. I saw a woman trip someone because that person was going to get to the bread before she did. Some of you need to start tripping each other to get to the presence of God. Then you got to get honest. That was the second key. Too many people put on a show for church. They show up and play a fantasy game like, oh, I've got it all together. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm just all together. And on the mess, you're a mess. On the inside, you're a mess. I mean, you know, you can paint something, but if it's rotten on the inside, it's going to eventually stink. That's why Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're all messed up. You've got to get honest with yourself. God already knows your mess. It's you who have to get honest with yourself. You have to get rid of the show. And when we play church, when we play patty cake with God, we ain't going to get the presence of God. We're just going to get church. Well, listen, I'm done just having church. All right? Can we just be real? I, I don't want to just do church. All right? I could have a lot more fun somewhere else than just do church. I want the presence of God. And we've got to get honest in order to get the presence of God. And the third thing is we must be holy. I didn't say perfect. Notice I didn't preach a message on being perfect. I preached a message on being holy. Holy is better than perfect. Right? Because when you're holy, you're like Jesus. And the, the outcome of that is you will start to walk in the perfection of God. But our pursuit is holy. He says, be holy as I am holy. And we can't ask God to make holiness or righteousness fit us, but we must fit and live up to His standards. And so all of that said brings us to today where I want to talk about two other crucial elements for a close encounter with God. Time and unity. Time and unity. Because I believe that in order for us to have a close encounter with God, we must be willing to invest our time in Him. Notice I didn't say spend time. I said invest time. There is a difference between investing and spending. 
Your pocketbook knows the difference. You know when you spend money and you know when you invest money. When you spend money, what you spend money on eventually will fade, but investments last a lifetime. When you make the right investments, they're generational. Do you understand that? That there are people who made investments in the early 1900s that their family is still walking in today. Because they made a generational investment. When you choose to invest in God, you're making a generational investment. You're choosing to set up seeds. I'm the product of prayers that happened five generations ago. Do you understand that? That you are the product. Listen, you may, not, you may be the first Christian that you know of in your family line, but I can guarantee you that the disciples prayed for you. They were praying for a generation one day that would see the return of the Lord. They were praying generations ago, 2,000 years ago. There were some disciples in an upper room in Acts chapter 2 who were praying for you, the church of today. So don't tell me no one ever prayed for you because there were generations ago that were praying for you sitting in this room today. You are the product of the early church. You are the product of the disciples who said and paid the cost for you to be where you are today. So don't sit here and tell me today no one's ever prayed for me. Let me tell you there was a generation that knew what it meant to pray who invested their lives into the gospel, and you are the product of that investment. So the first thing that we have to recognize is what we want. See, our struggle is that we are accustomed to desire and even demand convenience. That, that's our struggle. We want convenience. We don't want to do things that are difficult. I, I'm guilty of that. I, I don't want to wait in line at Starbucks. That's why I order ahead, even if it's 30 minutes ahead, so that I know it's going to be sitting on the counter when I get there. Might be a little watered down, but it's worth it because I don't want to sit in that line. We want drive throughs that are quick. We want drive through weddings. I mean, Vegas has made a whole culture on drive through weddings that 92% of them end in divorce or annulment. Convenience is not long-lasting. Convenience is temporary. We're in such a hurry that since we no longer have the time to lay out, we want fake tans. But laying in a tanning bed takes at least 15 minutes. So now we want the quick rub-on tans so that we can act like we've been in the sun. But here's the reality. that You can tell the difference when someone's really been in the sun and when they're wearing fake tanner. You can tell the difference. Just like you can tell the difference when someone's been in the presence of God and when someone's just been in church. When you get in the sun, the S-O-N, it's transformational. It will leave a lasting legacy. That fake tan's going to wear off. And what are you going to do when Walmart runs out of it? Give me orange. I was talking with a, a good friend of ours, uh, Jacinda Goodsir. Some of you will know her. And she said, you know, the last time we, we came to, to America in 2019, she said, we anticipated that, that we would need to be tan like all of you. She says, then we got to Texas and we realized no one's tan because no one wants to be outside in the summer. <laughs> we want convenience. The Fast and the Furious is not really a movie, movie about cars. It's a statement about our life. And then we come to church and we don't gripe when we have to stand in line at the A&M game or at the or whatever team you love. You'll stand in line for hours to get there. But we gripe about a 45-minute message. We gripe when, when worship goes a little bit too long because I'm tired of standing. And we gripe when it gets a little too loud. And we gripe about all these things, but we'll go and we'll spend all this time at concession stands for that hot dog that really isn't worth it. 
But I'm at a football game, so I need my hot dog. So I'll go stand in line with people I don't even know and frankly don't even like. But when I come to church, I don't want to sit next to that person because I'm offended at them. And we get aggravated when we can't seem to encounter God in 20 minutes. The reason you can't encounter God in 20 minutes on church is because you haven't encountered Him all week. And so you want to come into the presence of God and you want to come into church and you want everyone else to have paid the price for you to have an encounter with God. But you're not going to have an encounter with God here if you're not having an encounter with God in your bedroom. The church was never meant to be a filling station. The church was never meant to be a hospital. The church was meant to be a gathering place so that we could be equipped together to go be the hospital out there. So we could go be the filling station out there. So we could be the church outside the four walls. So what do you want? I'll never forget that, that question. Anytime I say, what do you want? I, I go automatically back to Canton, uh, Akron, Ohio where I was with Dr. James Maloney, and he, he had a man come through the healing line. And, and Dr. Maloney, he, he didn't have time to play, so he would just say things like this, what do you want? Every time I hear that question, I go right back to that miracle because that man who came through that healing line had fallen 30 feet out of a tree, face flat onto the concrete, had broken every bone in his body, every single bone. He had been put together. He was literally the tin man. But when they tried to reassemble his face, it was so broken and so marred, they couldn't give him a nose. And so he just had a flat profile. And when Dr. Maloney said, what do you want? The man said, I just don't want to be in pain anymore. That's all he wanted. He just, didn't, he just wanted to get rid of the pain. And Dr. Maloney, in only the way Dr. Maloney could take it, just waved his hand like that. And immediately before my eyes, as God is my witness, not only did all the metal in his body begin to dissolve, God recreated his face right there. That nose grew back. That face grew back. I'm building faith for something this morning. But the question is, what do you want? We need to understand that God was before time, created time, operates in time, but is not limited or controlled by our time. God will not be held hostage to our watch or even to our calendar. So we need to understand there are two types of time. Throughout scripture, there are two words used for time. The first is the Greek word chronos, which is where we get our word chronological. The word denotes quantity of time. It is the idea of calendar time. It is sequential in order. It is the way things happen. It is chronological. It is chronos time. The second word for time that is used is the word kairos time, which has an entirely different meaning. The word means a divine appointment with God. It deals with the quality of time rather than the quantity of time. Kairos time is worth fighting for and protecting. Throughout the entirety of Scripture, so all throughout this book, there are only 1,600 times that the word kairos is used. You say, well, that's a lot. In six, we believe that the, the Bible was written roughly over 1,600 years or so. I apologize. 1,600 years, right. The word kairos is only used 168 times. Got my numbers mixed up there. 168 times over 1,600 years. 168 times were their divine appointments got over 1,600 years. You cannot afford to miss a Kairos moment. 
The word kairos also denotes this idea. A collision of two worlds. A colliding of times. Our time and his time. When you come into a divine appointment with God, it is a collision of your world and his. It is not chronos time. It's not just what happens on a daily basis. It's when God says, I'm going to step into your moment. I'm going to step, I'm going to collide with you. We need some collisions of God in this hour. We need some people who understand what it means. One Kairos moment changes all of your trajectory. It was a Kairos moment when Abram said, and God said to Abram, come out from among your fathers and go to a land I will show you. That was a Kairos moment. It was a Kairos moment when Mordecai said to Esther, perhaps it is for such a time as this that God has set you apart. For such a time. That time was a Kairos moment. Kairos moments are too few and far between. You can't afford to miss a Sunday service where you can have a close encounter with God. Because this is what happens when you've been encountering God all week and you've been pressing in and you've been investing your time into God all week, you come full here. So when I come full and you come full, God goes... And he blows on the fullness of your faith. He blows on the fullness of what you've been contending for all week. So that together collectively we might encounter God together. So that we might as an encounter go encounter a world that has never had an encounter with a living God. How dare we be selfish with our encounters. Our issue is that too many of us are willing to forfeit Kairos time just to save up a few moments of Kronos time. Just get me in and get me out. Don't make me have to give up more than at this allotted time. If God moves on my schedule, fine. And if he doesn't, fine. But I only have this much time for him. And we set limitations. But let me tell you, God will not be limited by your chronos time. So we have our lives filled with chronos time and wonder what happened to the kairos moments we used to know. And here's another key. The art of tarrying. I believe that we have lost the art of tarrying. In fact, you rarely ever hear that term. How many of you have ever even heard that word, tarry? A few of you. It means to wait for an extended period of time. Growing up Pentecostal, we used to have tarrying meetings. That's what they were called, tarrying meetings. We'd gather together on a Sunday night. I want you to know, starting in 2023, we're going to begin a once-a-month tarrying meeting. On a Sunday night, once a month, we're going to begin to tarry in the presence of God. We're going to begin to contend together because I believe, listen, people can tell you all day and can tell me all day, oh, revival's not going to come to that church. No, revival's not going to come to you. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as me and my house, we will have revival. My friend Larry Sparks posted uh, this morning. He said, just because you don't have mega church crowds don't mean you don't have mega anointing. You don't have to have a mega church to have revival. Revival rarely visits the mega church. Why? Because it's so contained in their 57-minute meetings. It's so blocked up. Listen, do I believe God wants to grow the church? Absolutely. But you know how He wants to do it? Not with recycled Christians. He wants to do it with the fish you go get, get and catch. You bring the fish, we'll clean them up. We'll invest in them. We don't need more recycled Christians who are just looking for thrills and chills. We need people who are hungry and desperate. The word tarry means to wait, to press in. We don't like to wait on God. We like for Him to wait on us. 
Yet throughout scripture, we discover the principle that if you want to have a close encounter with God, it requires waiting. I talked about Jacob last week. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 32. And I want to look just at a couple verses. Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 26. In the context of this passage, Jacob is having to face his past. How many of us have ever had to face our past? It's a, it's a scary thing to have to face our past because we have to deal with some stuff that we don't want to deal with. That's what Encounter Weekend's all about. It's, it's facing up to your past, bringing it to the cross, and letting God set you free. And so he, he, he sends his, his wives and, and all of his servants and everyone away, and, and it says... In verse 24, then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's tarrying. It's a wrestling. It's a pushing through. He wrestled all night. He held on. He took time. It was not a quick encounter. It wasn't seven minutes and I'm out of here. It wasn't even 45 minutes and out of here. I'm sorry, I only have 50 minutes slotted for Sunday morning. Could you get on with it? He held on as long as he needed to get what he needed with a close encounter with God. Do you understand? Hector, stand up. I'm going to pick on Hector again. As Jacob is wrestling with the man who we know is the pre-incarnate Christ. He's wrestling with God in that moment. The God man touches his hip, dislocates his hip, and Jacob still continues to wrestle. He wrestles through the pain. Wrestle with me, Hector. And the God man touches his hip, touches his hip. And he still wrestles. And the man says, the dawn is breaking. Let me go. And Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. That's what tearing is. Tearing is God. You better let, I'm not going to let you go, God. You better understand something, God. I've come to meet with you. And I'm not letting go until you bless me. Bless Hector, God. But what happens? The God-man then says, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, you, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. He doesn't just bless him. Why was Jacob contending for a blessing? Because he just wanted to be blessed? No, Jacob understood something. I'm about to go face the man that I stole his inheritance. I stole his blessing. I need my own. 
I can't live off of a stolen blessing any longer. I, I, I need my own blessing. You can't live off of someone else's encounter. You can't live off of someone else's blessing. And so what God does in that moment is he says to Jacob, I'm going to change your whole identity. I'm not just, you were Jacob, supplanter, one who steals by the heel. But I'm going to make you prince with God because you've wrestled with God. You've striven with God and I'm changing your identity. I'm changing who you are right now. So when you have to go face your past, your past can't say, I know who you are. No, you don't. I had a name change. I'm a new creation. I'm not who I once was. I don't live there anymore. You need to understand that's what tarrying is. It's wrestling with God. Jesus understood tarrying. We often refer to the scene in the garden where he's investing an hour of time in prayer and chastises his disciples for being unable to tarry one hour. And we seem to settle in on that 60-minute issue as if there was something holy or special about 60 minutes. That's just a TV show. What we fail to grasp about Jesus is that throughout his ministry here on earth, the Bible teaches us that Jesus had two customs. As was his custom, he would enter the synagogue on the Sabbath. And as was his custom, he would slip away for time with God. I don't believe Jesus was focused on the 60-minute issue as he was on the idea of taking time at a crucial moment to seek the face of God. See, in our crucial moments, we want to seek everybody else. We want to get everybody else's opinion. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Oh, I'm going through this. Can you pray? No, seek the face of God. Become a people who know his face. Terry! I want to remind you of Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Are you weak? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Or have you been faltering and failing? I think most of us end up in that condition because we've discarded the idea of waiting. We're ready to stop right when he's ready to step in. We're pulling out of the parking lot right when he's ready to move. Waiting is not a passive term. Waiting is not passive. It is active. It is waiting on the presence of the Lord. It's engaging with the Spirit of God. The world would teach you to meditate, to clear your mind. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us to wait on the Lord, to get our attention focused on the one who's worthy. And when I do that, I'm renewed like the eagles. I walk and I'm not weary. I run and I'm not faint. If you're fainting and you're weary, you've not been waiting. You've been doing everything else but waiting. Waiting is not a passive term where you enter this trance-like state and sit for hours lost in a never-never world with no brain function or activity. It's an active pursuit of His presence where we pull aside from the noise of life away from the distractions, away from the chaos of life. Time to draw close to Him and allow Him to draw close to us. We must learn to tarry again. The word wait in the Hebrew is the word ka'ah. And it means to wait or await with the notion of holding on to strongly. I'm going to say that again. It means to wait or await with the notion of holding on to strongly. And during the time you wait, you become wound together with the object you are waiting for or on. A lot of us are wound up, 
but we're not wound up with him. So we wind up with a lot of other things. Let me tell you, if you're wound up by all of your situations, if you're wound up by all of your stress and all of your overwhelming tasks, it's because you've not been wound up with God. You've not ka'ad with God. Our commitments, I want to commit something to you today. We will never waste your time because we're intentional about what happens in this building. We don't do what we do just to have church. We're intentional. As leaders, we're talking about it every week. And we're saying, what happened that went well on Sunday? What could we do to better cohabitate with God? What could we do? What do we need to change? What is working? What isn't working? Did this bring the presence of God or did it shun the presence of God? Those are questions we're always asking because we will not waste your time. I can guarantee you if you come to this church, you'll have an encounter with God. Why in the world would you go to another place that wastes your time with a positivity message, three words in a poem that isn't going to bring life change, but is simply going to placate your flesh? It's uncomfortable sometimes to be in this church. I get uncomfortable in this church, and I'm leading it. But the reason is, is because we're in pursuit of something, and anything worth pursuing will make you uncomfortable. If you ever pursued a relationship, you know you got uncomfortable at times. You came to moments that challenged you. I don't like the way she does that. Well, listen, there's going to be things that God does you don't like. Get over it. Become like him. People are like, oh, Pastor Jacob, you're so radical. You get so drunk in the Holy Ghost. Can I be honest with you? I hate it. My flesh hates it. When God makes me wild and crazy, I wrestle him on the inside. God, this offends me. Someone told me one time, you know, you'd make a really good Methodist pastor. And I said, why is that? They said, because you're just so solemn. Because honestly, that's my personality on the inside. I'm not a wild person on the inside. This is the product of the Holy Ghost. I just met the one who plugged me into the electricity and I've never unplugged myself. If I had it my way, I'd live in in solidarity. Just quiet before the Lord. I could be a monk and be happy. As long as I could go to town and shop every now and then. But when I got plugged in, he just changed me. He just, there was no other option. So I've just said, as David said, I can become more undignified. I'll do it. Don't ask me to do what he did. No one wants to see that. But I'll be more undignified. Because whatever it takes, because I've given my life to this idea, if I can get you to have an encounter with him, you'll be changed forever. And one day I'll stand before his throne and I'll lay my crown at his feet, saying, I was able to bring people to you, Jesus. Nothing else matters. My title doesn't matter. My function doesn't matter. None of that matters because I've given my life for one thing and one thing alone, that I see Jesus made famous and I bring the lamb the reward for his suffering. Time is precious. We will guard your time. We won't keep you here just to justify our existence. 
We will protect your time. We believe in protecting the flow of the Holy Spirit. We won't hurry. I'm not going to hurry. We might be limited by recordings right now, but I'm telling you, there's a worship team arising in this house, and we're going to have a sound that's never been heard before. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. We will not break the flow for unnecessary activities. That's why we changed up how we're even doing service now. We're going to go from worship to the preaching because we don't have to take an offering. We don't have to do announcements because that's just what we do as a church. We might do that later, but right now it's about the anointing breaking the yoke off of your life. When God is moving, we won't leave and shut it down just to meet a deadline or fit a time constraint. You want to miss out? There's the door, baby. I'm just going to preach it real this morning. You want to miss out on the presence of God? You know where you parked. At the same time, we won't prolong just to feel like we've had church. If the Holy Ghost ain't moving, I'm not going to make something happen. I don't believe in fake. We will simply enjoy the presence that we pursue. And my challenge to you is commit the time to have a close encounter with Him. Get alone with Him all by yourself. You know why you don't like to be all by yourself? Because you don't like yourself. Because when you get alone, you have to come face to face with some of those things you don't want to deal with. But when you get in the presence of the Almighty, He's a good Father. He'll transform you. He'll make you new. He'll he'll bring you into an encounter. But let me tell you, you get what you expect. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Commit to taking this weekly time away from everything else and finding Him. We We don't have events just to build a ministry. Like you need to understand that we don't bring in guest speakers just because it's a good idea. My leaders will tell you, I don't like guest speakers sometimes because they come with their own agenda. That's why we've cut way back on who we bring in. We bring in people who will partner with this house to see you become everything God has created you to be. And if they don't do that, I'd let them know. I've had conversations with guest speakers. Here's your offering check. Thank you for wasting our time. I've said that to people. Because I'm not here to build anyone else's ministry. I'm not here to build my ministry. I'm not here to build your ministry. I'm here to build the kingdom of God. That's why we're here, is to build His kingdom. I know I'm preaching hard this morning, y'all. It's okay. You're going to be okay. I pour water all over myself. You can't afford to miss it. You can't afford to enter it distracted or half-heartedly. Jesus' disciples couldn't tarry and they couldn't stand. You recognize that? They couldn't wait with Him. So when push came to shepherd, I don't know who He is. If you don't have a lifestyle of tarrying, when people confront who you are, you won't be able to answer. Your strength comes from tarrying. Make the Holy Ghost your best friend. Not caught up on the quantity. You can spend 16 minutes reading your Bible and get nothing out of it and spend 15 minutes in the presence of the Almighty and get more revelation in 15 minutes. It's not about the, the quantity. It's about the quality of the time. Don't do it out of religious notions. Do it because you're hungry for the presence of God. When I come before the presence of the Lord and I open up the word, I open it with this prayer. God, show me yourself in your word. Because he is the word. He was the word made flesh. He's the living word. 
So I, I, I want to close out with this, these final thoughts. That there is one final element that we must deal with in order to experience a close encounter with God. I want to draw your attention back to 2 Chronicles 5. It's what we started this message with last week. 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13. In unison, when the trumpeters and the singers were to make themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord, and when they raised their voices accompanied by trumpet, cymbals, and other musical instruments, and when they praised the Lord saying, He indeed is good for His kindness is everlasting. Then the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud. I want to read it out of another version. The choir and the trumpets made one voice of praise and thanks to God. Orchestra and choir in perfect harmony, singing and playing praise to God. Yes, God is good. His loyal love goes on forever. Then a billowing cloud filled the temple of God. Maybe you didn't catch the key ingredient, but I want to jump to the New Testament for a second. Turn to Acts 2. Turn to Acts 2. I thought I had it marked. There we go. This is probably the most profound and powerful close encounter ever described in Scripture. Don't just listen to what happens. Listen to find out how it happens. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. I'm going to read it out of another translation. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When they were all with one accord. Any Pentecostal worth their salt can tell you what happened in Acts chapter 2. We just aren't good at figuring out why it happened. Verses 2 through 4 tell us what happened, but verse 1 gives us the key. So I want to try and tie these two passages together. 2 Chronicles 5.13, the choir and trumpets made one voice of praise. Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, which by the way deals with that time issue. What were they told to do? Wait in the upper room. Wait, tarry, tarry until I come. They were all with one accord in one place. The key in both passages for encountering the power and the presence of God was being together and being in unity. The challenge is that we all want the power and we all want the presence. However, we are very seldom in total unity. They made one voice, perfect harmony. In one accord. When was the last time you felt in one accord? I want to challenge us as a church this morning. We're pressing in for the one accord. Not a vehicle. Not made by Honda. But one accord. The unity of the brethren. I long to have an Acts 2 church. That accomplishes what Acts 4 accomplished. But we want it often without having the Acts 2 togetherness. 
I'm here to tell you that it cannot and it will not happen if you take the ingredient of unity out of the mix. Why? Because God set a principle in place long before Acts 2 that continues to be a law of the kingdom to this day. And if we can ever grasp this principle, we will consistently have a close encounter with God. That's why I'm telling you, you have to have your encounters during the week so that when we come together, we're in one accord. Psalm 133. Psalm 133, listen carefully. I'll read it up here. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard as on Aaron's beard. The oil which ran down upon the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For the Lord commanded the blessing there. Life forever. I want to read out another version. Listen carefully. How wonderful. How beautiful. When brothers and sisters get along. I could stop right there. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard. Flowing down Aaron's beard. Flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing. And ordains eternal life. You can ask a couple of the people who were here at, at Encounter Weekend what it's like to have a whole bunch of oil running down your head. <laughs> we anointed a couple single gals looking for husbands. Just got them all oily. Not greasy, oily. <laughs> Poured a whole bunch of oil on Kendra's head. But see, we think we can be on the outs with one another. Not talk to each other, gossip about each other, avoid each other, give each other the holy evil eye. I see them across the church. Because as long as the music's good, we will have presence. And as long as the preaching's good, we'll have presence. Uh Uh-uh. The reality is if we're going against this principle, we will not find him. Because according to Psalms 133, his commanded blessing doesn't come on good music or even great music. His commanded blessing doesn't come on good preaching. The anointing is produced by unity and unity alone. No unity, no blessing. No unity, no presence. We need to do the do. Unity produces the dew of His presence. If we'll get in harmony, get in unity, there will be a commanded blessing in this place that will cause the anointing to flow, lives changed, marriages restored, hurts will be healed, and people will be saved because there's a people at the equipping church who will say, offense is not my portion. Hurt is not my portion. Gossip is not my portion. You're my brother. You're my sister. No greater love than a brother laid down his life for a friend. Our unity produces anointing. The anointing comes when brothers dwell in unity. I'll never forget. I can go all the way back to December of 2014. We had a guest speaker here who preached on Psalm 133. And I'm not kidding. Three weeks later, the church split. I'm not kidding. So I know the challenge of this message this morning. The enemy will challenge you. With a spirit of disunity. Cause you to get offended over the craziest things. Well, Pastor Jacob didn't shake my hand this morning. Yeah, but you were in the presence of the Almighty. Don't put me up on no pedestal. Jesus sits on the throne, not me. Well, they didn't eat my casserole. 
I'm sorry, there's salt in the kitchen. <laughs> Move on from that one. He's talking about me. Come to Encounter Weekend. We'll deal with all that. The anointing comes when brothers dwell in unity. Not singular when a brother is there. No, plural, meaning all of us. God promises us a close encounter where two or three are gathered. How? Together. Being together isn't just about location. It's about condition. You can all be in the same room and be in different conditions. All with our own agenda. All with our own idea. When we have this one idea, we've come to encounter him, to be, in, get, to be equipped to engage the world. Encounter, equip, engage. Do you understand that this morning? We think together means in the same room. However, what he is really promising is that when we agree on the same things, ask the same things, long for the same things, and build the same things, he shows up. That's the condition. The Greek word there for together references the concept of completeness. He shows up when we're complete. In Luke 9.1, the same Greek word is used when Jesus calls the disciples together and then he filled them with power and authority. We like that passage of scripture because we focus on the power and the authority we're given over demons, over sickness, over snakes. While we're focusing on the power, we look past the togetherness. We become candidates for power and authority when we're together. In fact, Paul said it like this in Ephesians 14, 16, when he discusses how we're supposed to function, the body fitly framed and knit together through that which every joint supplieth. Every joint supplies. The body is incomplete if a joint is missing. I don't have what I need if you aren't part of my life. Supplying what I lack. I need you. You need me. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you bad. I need what you supply. That's why in Hebrews, Paul reminds us that we need to be together when he says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Love what the Message Bible says. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together, as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. We can't forsake assembling together. Notice I said assembling, not just gathering. We are putting things together while we are in one place. The body has to be assembled. These times are special. Why are they special? Because Sunday morning is where we assemble. It's where we get to connect. Now, I encourage you, connect outside of this building. Form real relationships. Don't come here and act like you like people when you don't. Get delivered. We'll cast that spirit out. These are crucial because it's for the brethren to dwell in unity. When we assemble together, God pours his oil on us. This is where you get oily for the week. You dig your well individually. John 7, 38 happens in your individual time. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's what God does in the individual, but together is where the oil is poured. 
We can't have one without the other. All my differences, all my uniqueness, all my peculiarities mixed with yours. Your differences, your uniqueness, whole lot of peculiarities. And they produce an anointing. My anointing mixes with your anointing. And there's a blessing commanded there. Anointing oil used in the Old Testament was made up of five spices, not just one. It took a variety of spices. It takes a variety of people to produce the unity, to bring the anointing. It's not enough for me to get by blessing. It's not enough for you to get your blessing. We need the unity that brings about a corporate blessing. We want a church where the corporate blessing resides. If you want a close encounter, the key is to be together. Look past each other's faults. Look past that personality quirk that drives you nuts. Swallow your condescending attitude and realize we need each other. If I've looked at you, don't take that as me accusing you this morning. I just scan the room when I'm preaching. But like I said for the past few weeks, if the shoe fits, wear both of them. We're to operate on kingdom principles. This is not a democracy. We can't command our own rights. We can't demand our own rights. We have to understand this isn't about me. It's not about Pastor Jacob. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about them. You understand that? It's about them. And ultimately, it's about him. We must willingly lay down our wants our own demands, our agendas, our convenience, our own comfort zone, and our own preferences, and understand that it is when we walk, worship, and work in lockstep, a close encounter takes place. We, as leaders of this house, are going to make the commitment. We won't waste your time. We will do our best. We spend hours in prayer every week seeking God about this encounter. Every Sunday is a corporate encounter. We exist to bring you into an encounter with Jesus Christ. We exist to win the lost and equip the saved. So we will seek the Lord. But here's where I need you to partner. If you don't like the song, it's not about the song. It's about Him. If you can't worship to whatever's up there, you need an encounter with God. If you can't worship because it's not a hymn, you need to get saved. If you can't worship because it's not your favorite worship artist, you need to get saved. I, I'm not kidding. I would question salvation if you can't worship because you don't like the song. I, can I just be real? Because I'm going to be either way. We must throw away the American idea that I'm looking out for number one and learn to rejoice when our brothers rejoice. I can't tell you how many people have said, well, I'd come to your church if. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't because you'd find some other if. I've had people say, well, if you were located on the other side of town. We don't live in Houston. It's not a far drive. <laughs> you know, I, have, I know people in India that go two hours walking to get to church. There are churches in Africa, they walk 13 miles. They start the night before to get to church on Sunday. And then after service, 
They load up and they walk the 13 miles back to their home. And we complain because we, we don't want to get up and drive five minutes across Bryan College Station. I know some of you drive further. I mean, we have friends right over here. They drive three hours to get to church when they can. Because they're hungry for a corporate encounter. Amanda got on a plane all the way from India to come to church. We need to learn to rejoice when our brothers rejoice. We need to learn to weep when our brothers weep. We need to learn that when you are blessed, I'm blessed. You know, there's no greater joy that I have as a pastor when I find out about your breakthrough. I had someone share with me this morning about something that happened this week, and I went, that, that it made it worth it. Everything I do is worth it because of that one thing. I can look at all of your lives, and I can go, I celebrate when that happens. And when you're contending for something, I'm contending right along with you. I'm weeping with you when you weep. I'm rejoicing when you rejoice. But you need to do it as well. I'm convinced we don't have close encounters with God because we don't have close encounters with each other. The greater you get to know the body of Christ, the greater you'll get to know Christ. Because there is commanded the blessing. We need to pray that we be forgiven of our spirits of independence. It's great for government. It's terrible for anointing. We're going to take communion this morning in just a few minutes as the body of Christ because there is commanded a blessing. When we gather around the table of the Lord, there is commanded a blessing. But I want us to pray first this morning. Father, forgive us of our spirit of independence. Knit our hearts together. We long for the commanded blessing to overtake us and overtake this place. And we realize that it only happens when we are in unity. So tear down walls. Destroy division. Remove the strain in relationships in this room. Let us walk in grace and walk in love with one another. Let us strive for unity. Let us discover our connectedness. Command a blessing in this place. Heal the rifts this morning. Heal the hurts. Heal the hate. Replace those things with joints that are fitted perfectly together. Bring all of our differences into the mix and produce a powerful, life-changing anointing in this place and in our lives. Father, I pray this morning that the spirit of offense would be broken off of our lives. That, Father, we would not walk around wounding the wounded. That we would not walk around wounding ourselves. That we would not walk around bleeding all over each other. But that together we might bring healing to one another and be a place where the blessing is commanded because of unity and the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage would be poured out on this house. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. One of the supreme reminders that God's kingdom is built on unity is the ordinance that we call communion. Jesus was very clear that it is when we take part in this meal that we remember Him. Did you catch that? When we do this, we remember Him. I'm going to say it again. We remember. 
R-E dash member. We bring the body together. We come into unity when we do this. We are drawn together by the sacrifice that Jesus made. We're drawn together as a body by the body. And as we do this, we suddenly realize that we not only do we need him, we need each other. In fact, during communion, we have the right to expect something from each member of the body of Christ. We know this because after Paul gives instructions to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11 on how to take communion, he immediately begins dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. Communion makes way for the flow of the body gifts. You want the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life? Be in unity with the body. You want the power in the presence of God? Remember the body. I'd like the kids to come out for communion this morning. The two are connected. Paul is teaching that as we come together as the body of Christ in communion services, we can expect each member to have the gift or operation of the Spirit that ministers to and edifies the whole body. There was a revival in the 70s in England. And during that revival, every time they took communion, everyone in the room would get healed. Because it commands a blessing. There's a blessing commanded. I'm going to ask our leaders that I spoke to to come this morning. That includes you, Shelley. I don't think I spoke to you. but <laughs> No, no, no. Just stay, stay up here. Yeah, stay up here. Most of the gifts and operations of the Holy Spirit occurred around the communion table as the church expected to receive from each other what gifts each member had spiritual need of. When you come and you, you receive communion this morning and you come as the body, I'm going to give you instructions, so don't partake until I, I give you instructions. But when you partake this morning, expect your miracle. Expect your breakthrough this morning because we're coming into unity and where unity is, the blessing is commanded. I'm telling you that during communion, during this symbolic act of unity, healing can take place. Answers can be found. Breakthrough can occur because there is a commanded blessing here. This meal gives us the chance to serve one another. It signifies that I need you. You are part of me. I'm not complete without you. You are important to the body. And so this is what I want to do. I want this first row, who already has them, you're going to give it to someone else. You're going to go serve someone. And then I'm going to ask you two to come get communion and go serve two people. And then the next row, I want you to come and, and serve someone else. So you're going to come. Here, here, here will make it a little bit easier. Everyone come and get a communion cup, but give it to someone else. Okay? Everyone come and get a communion cup and give it to someone else. So do not partake of the communion cup you get. Just exchange it because you're serving someone else this morning. I know I made it real complicated. I'm good at that.
Thank you, sir. Leave it to Pastor Jake to make it real complicated. I'm good at that. Had it all worked out in my head, it didn't work out the way. That's right. All right, does everyone have a communion cup? No? Okay. Does everyone have a communion cup yet? All right. <clears throat> I want you to take the bread in your hand. They changed it on it on us, Susanna. We're back to these little wafers again. We had bread for a while. Now we're back to styrofoam. Hallelujah. I believe in miracles. Turn into bread. <laughs> no complaints. The master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it. I want you to break it. Break it in your hands. And he said, this is my body broken for you. So often, the body of Christ is broken. And it doesn't need to be because he already broke his body for us. So today, as we take communion... Before you partake of the bread, I want you to think of, is there anyone that you're in broken relationship with? Is there any part of the body that you're, you're not walking with that you're supposed to? Do you have offense against anyone? And we're going to pray through that, but I encourage you, if you're in offense with someone, Matthew 18 tells you to go to them and restore the relationship. That's hard. We don't always want to do that, but, but I want to tell you this morning that we will not have the commanded blessing without unity. So, Father, this morning as we take this broken piece of bread and we think of your broken body and the price that you paid, the price that you paid, Father, we choose to forgive this morning. We choose to forgive those we're offended with. We choose to forgive those we're in broken relationship with. And we pray this morning that, Father, you would command the blessing of unity. Thank you for your body and thank you for the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, partake of the bread. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. 
When you decide to be part of the equipping church, you're coming into covenant with us. It's not just that you go to church. You're coming into covenant because Jesus made a covenant with us. Family, the family of God is covenant family. You're in covenant because of the cup. Because of the blood that was spilled, you came into covenant with the body of Christ. So the reality is, is that no matter what denomination, as long as they're serving the Jesus of Scripture and they're proclaiming His death, burial, and resurrection, they believe He came in the flesh, all of those requirements, they're part of the covenant family. But I want to say to you this morning that as part of the covenant family, don't allow the enemy to make room to separate you from the body. But this morning, as we get ready to partake of the cup, if you need healing in your body, it was paid for. It's part of the covenant that he made with us. So this morning, as we get ready to take the cup, partake of your healing this morning. You've got sin in your life. His blood atones for that. His blood still washes white as snow. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, Father, this morning we lift the cup to you. We thank you for the cup of your new covenant. As we partake this morning, we thank you that you heal us, you forgive us, and you wash us white as snow. In Jesus' name, partake of the cup. His body and his blood signify to us, church, that we are one. As we close out this, these couple of messages, I want to I just remind you one more time. There are terms to a close encounter. There's time for a close encounter. But it also takes unity. And God wants to command the blessing over this house. The temptation will be, you'll, I, I can guarantee you, because I've seen it happen, you'll walk out those doors today and the enemy will start working. But cast down every vain imagination. Shut the devil up. Shut the devil up. When he comes talking, don't listen. Nope. That's my home. That's where I'm called. That's my people. Those are the people God's called me to walk with. That's the body I'm part of. Will you stand this morning? Oh, I'm not closing yet. Sit down. <laughs> Pastor Hector and Susanna, take over. Amen. <laughs> All right, if you have your worship guides with you. Melanie, I'm going to be skipping around here. So... Pastor Jacob was talking about Kairos time, having personal encounters during the week. And one of the good ways of doing it is on Wednesday nights. And here's this dig deeper in God, but we're going to have a post-encounter, right? So for those of us who have gone through the encounter weekend, right, we always have a post-encounter to take stock of what happened to learn. If you have not attended the post-encounter weekend, you are still welcome to come, all right? be with the body. We're going to be equipped. We're going to be trained. We're going to learn something new. And we are continuing to contend for revival. So that's on Wednesday, 7 p.m. here in the church. And uh, uh, Pastor Jacob also mentioned about uh, being partners of revival. So if you want to be a partner 
of revival in this church, you're most welcome to attend Next Steps. Now, Next Steps is normally on the first Sunday of every month, but this time uh, in the month of November, it's going to be on the 13th of November, right? So that's the second Sunday of the month. So if you are interested to know more about the church, how to be a partner in revival, how to be re-plugged in, how to be a re-member of this church, all right? And you want to make TC your home church, you want to serve in this church, please give your names to me and lunch is provided. So this is going to be on Sunday, the 13th of November, right after the service. And uh, to continue with equipping, we have the equipping weekend, right? So please mark your calendars for the first week of November. We have uh, Mark, pastors Mark and Tammy Wallace. They are friends of our church. They also serve on the board of overseers. They, they oversee this church as well, a wonderful couple. Um, and they don't have a slide there, but they have uh, come and uh, uh, taught at our church, preached at our church, and uh, they are revivalists, all right? So they are from uh, Living Word Fellowship. Uh, they, they were um, Shelley and uh, Greg's pastors for several years. So we're excited for them to come. So they are going to be coming and uh, being with us on Saturday, the 5th of November. All right, in the morning at 10 a.m. So that Saturday morning, we will not have intercessory prayer, but um, this wonderful couple will be teaching us on the fundamentals of prayer and how to contend. All right? So there's going to be a lot of teaching there. And then we are, they are going to join us for service on Sunday, the next day, Sunday the 6th of November, at our 10 a.m. service, right, right there, and uh, 6 p.m., uh, we have an evening service, right? For some of you who uh, don't know Pastor Mark's, uh, um, you know, really uh, miraculous um, uh, testimony of how he was uh, saved from COVID, he was on the ventilator. And most people on the ventilators don't make it, but he was really in dire straits. But the Lord completely healed him and he's written a book as well. Right, so um, he's got wonderful testimonies, and and Pastor Tammy, as we get got to know her as well, right, she has a lot of wisdom to share. So please uh, make it on those days, and and just come and be equipped. And for those of you who want to help out, right, so as Pastor Jacob said, is you know we are going to be equipped to reach out of these walls. So we are going to be reaching out to. Um, college students from Texas A&M mostly and Blinn and uh, we are going to have an international students dinner. Now, I'm always very happy to see our church filled with nations actually. Yeah. All right. I mean half the leadership from different continents and I know many of you are from uh, different states but we also have people from different countries. We have Ghana, we have New Zealand, right? Anyone I'm missing? Spain, Singapore, all right? So we are a, a church. I mean, for a small church, let me tell you, it's not easy to have a church of several nations. So we will tend to rub each other the wrong way, I can tell you that, <laughs> all right? Because we all have our cultural values. I mean, even Hector and I, we still cannot understand what each other is saying sometimes. <laughs> Although we both, both speak English, and sometimes I'll go into my Tamil. <laughs> 
and, and, and then at the end of the day, both of us will say English was not our first language. Actually, it's true. All right? For both of us, English was not our first language. So, so we will rub each other the wrong way, okay? but forgive each other. All right? so, and I don't know why I digressed, but uh, this International Students' Dinner, if you're not able to make it for that evening, all right, this on the uh, 22nd of uh, October, you know, you can also sow into it, all right? You are still a part of uh, this whole mission of an outreach to college students, all right? And these are international college students, so we want to make them feel at home in this strange land, all right? So, um, so if you can help out um, cleaning the church, decorating, um, picking up the students as well, okay, because they will need a transport. Just come and see me or Pastor Hector. And then we have the Holy Ghost Camp at Messiah's Ranch. I believe that this, this gathering uh, or this assembly, okay, it's not a gathering, it's an assembly of saints, all right, it's the Kairos time. We always want to start off the new year, all right, with a fresh word from the Lord, all right. So be a part of this Holy Ghost Camp and all the dates are there. And it's right through the 1st of January. And you have to register early, all right, so that we can provide the food, the lodging, all right. So all that is um, part of the registration fees. And start saving early, all right. Just put some money aside. And I believe that it's going to be a wonderful time of intercession, teaching, fellowship. So come and join us. So even as we prepare our hearts for um, offering. Pastor Hector. Well, what a wonderful day. Um, yesterday, I want to confirm something. I was walking in a very different way. I was walking like this. <laughs> and that was because I was working in the spirit over my obstacles. <laughs> now, I want to confirm that the Holy Spirit didn't ask me whether he could do it. <laughs> tell me, tell me, is it okay with you if I do this? But he went ahead. And then, so we have to be very flexible when God wants us to do something we are uncomfortable with. Like listening to the, 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 the lesson I want to tell you today. So I'm going to give you a, yes, goodbye. Blessings. Um, this is one word, one definition, one scripture, one application. So we are entering into a new ground, okay? New ground. And this word I want to tell you is a word in Hebrew is bikurim. Say with me, bikurim. Right. Now, the definition is promise to come. It's a promise is going to come to you. Is that good? God wants to bless you in the future. Now, what is the scripture? The scripture is from Proverbs. I'm going very fast, though. Because uh, we have uh, baptism as well. It's from Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So, Bikurim is what word of all those? Is first fruits. I bring it all together in application. The reason we don't give first fruits is because we think an increase is by luck or by our own doing. It's never God. But what God wants us to know is that when we receive an increase, it's thanks to Him. And therefore, from that increase, we give to him. Now, some people, because they don't have much revelation like me before, we, what we did, I was thinking, well, if I get a new job, I'll just give the whole month. First month, I'll just give it. There you go. But God, 
he's so loving, he didn't, he said, well, I'll bless you anyway. It, but the increase is, imagine they're getting $1,000 a month, right? But now, next month you get 4000 So what's the increase? It's not too difficult. It's 3000 It's tough, isn't it? But you made it with 1000 You're going to make it 1000 anyway. But would you give the increase to God the first month? And the reason I'm doing this prophetically is because I know there's increase coming to this house. And I want you to be ready to give thanks to God and to sow into your future. Because you are moving into a different dimension. See, too many of us are still holding to the economics of this world. And God wants us to plug into his economy where there is no inflation. There is always provision and there is always abundance. Because he has everything that you need. That's why I want to teach you this, so then you'll go to God and say, is he telling the truth or a lie? <laughs> and if, he's, if I'm speaking the truth, then just obey, all right? So let's pray for this as uh, people go around with baskets. Father, well, thank you, Lord, for your word. Bikurim. And I pray, Lord, and I declare this is a place of revelation and this is a place of obedience. An increase belongs to you in the first fruit. We want to be the people of Abel that were willing and waiting, waiting to give, waiting to give, waiting to sacrifice, waiting to sow into our future because you have our future. We sow into our future because you have our future. So, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the increase that is coming to the house, for the new jobs that are coming, for the new increases that are coming because... You will help us overcome the challenges of this world. There is no inflation in your economy, and you will give us more than we need so we can share with each other in Jesus' mighty name. I want to just finish with this one last thing. If you have anything against anybody, one of the good ways to do it, to go about it, is just give them a gift. Love them, all right? God bless. If I have a whole bunch of gifts in my office, I'll know what happened. Oh, never forget one time someone taped a King James Bible to my office door, said use a real Bible. It was a gift, hallelujah. I kept it, I still have it. I don't use it, but I still have it. All right, we have a, a few people who uh, are choosing to go into the waters of baptism today, which is so exciting. And so uh, we, we would really love it if, if all of you would stay for that to celebrate with them as they surrender their old life to Christ and come up as a new creation. And so if you're getting baptized today, um, please, you know, go ahead and get changed and, and get ready for that. And then meet me out on the side of the church. Everyone else, feel free to fellowship for a few minutes. Uh, if you need prayer or ministry this morning, um, Hector and Susanna are here to pray for people. Um, and so are Greg and Shelly. They'll be here at the front to pray for people. Um, I'll let you go change in a few minutes, Hector. And uh, he's going to help me drown. I mean, baptize people. Um, I mean, you know, the old adage is there was a, a guy who went down to the, to the river, and the pastor put him under, and he brought him up, and he said, did you see Jesus? And the man said, no. So the pastor put him under again brought him up and said, did you see Jesus? And the man said, no. So the pastor put him back under and held him under a little longer this time. <laughs> 
till there was only one or two bubbles coming up. He brought him up, and the man's gasping for her, and he says, Did you see Jesus? He goes, Is this where he fell in? <laughs> so that's your bad Pastor Jacob joke for this Sunday. But if you need prayer or ministry, uh, please come up, and uh, they're here to pray for you. Uh, and uh, please, please hang out and celebrate. We pray that your life was impacted today by the presence of God. For more information about the Equipping Church or to give online, please visit www.equippingchurch.us.